Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. All right, everybody, here we are on a Monday morning here on the couch, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As we are ready to start talking, I don't know if Cuervo will get in. He might have forgot. That being said, we are here anyway, and on our show, that being said, we just could not get it done yesterday. Too many things popping up here and there, but... We decided we tried to come in here and get a little afternoon workout here in the sporting world. So what I've decided to do until Cuervo gets here. Now, Cuervo is not the indoor football fan. I question his loyalty of football. He may be a college football fan. He may be an NFL fan. But, man, you can't say you're a football fan unless you like indoor football. That's what I talk about. And folks that know I am the director of operations of Champions Indoor Football. It is the biggest indoor football uh, professional team league in the country. And uh, I got a lot of things that I do with that and uh, work with them in the director of operations uh, portion of it. But we had some great games over the weekend. We had one game on Friday, two, or mark that, three on Saturday, and then one on Sunday. And it was week number two, which I call week uh, 1A, because only week one had one game in it. So I wasn't, you know... Yeah, I, I wasn't impressed with the schedule because of only one game, but this week definitely did it. We saw a lot of good games in that uh, that whole setup. Very much enjoyed the games that happened in Champions Indoor Football. I also went uh, to two games this weekend, one in the IFL, the other in Champions Indoor Football. I went up to Wichita Falls and say the Nighthawks defeat the Spokane Empire by one point in double overtime. Awesome. Then I got to come back here in Champions Indoor Football in officially capacity. Go and check some things out over at the Mesquite Marshals taking on the Centex Calvary. So we had an opportunity to see that, which was also awesome. So we did a lot of things this weekend, kept us awful busy, uh, so much so that we couldn't do our show on Sunday, but that's why we're here. And like I said, I'll, I don't know if Cuervo will end up remembering that we had a show here today, but he will give us a call, hopefully. And uh, if not, we're, we're going to run it solo if need be. But uh, some other big news in sports, folks, and we can, we'll get an opportunity to talk a lot about wrestling on this show. Uh, but ravishing Rick Rude. Sonny Clark has got a few 
favorite wrestlers. One I've had up on this show. The other, um, I you know just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Well, actually, the the uh, actual announcement for Ravishing Rick Rude. We had Ernest the Cat Miller on our show, which is another of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, and Ravishing Rick Rude is another one of my favorite wrestlers. So um, he gets the nod in the 2017 WWE, um, the WWE uh, Hall of Fame, which it's about time. And that's all I'll say about it. It is about time. This guy's been overlooked for years and years and years in champions indoor or in uh, the WWE as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned. And it's about time. So they got that job done. That was announced by Bleacher Report here earlier today, uh, about an hour before we came up on air. And if you hopped on my Facebook, you saw that I, I'm, I was ready for that. Very happy about that as well. So, Ravishing Rick Rude. Now, he is an acquired taste as far as wrestling is concerned. He's definitely acquired taste. So, uh, a lot of people don't necessarily like Ravishing Rick Rude, but his ring skills were amazing. His microphone skills were the best at the time, and rightfully and deservingly so, deserves us... Let me move that microphone one more spot. There we go. Uh, Rightfully so in the WWE Hall of Fame, that being, of course, the World Wrestling uh, Entertainment. Now, we talked about the games that happened in Champions Indoor Football. I want to go ahead and bring those and keep you up to date on what's going on in the league. On Friday night, the Bloomington Edge beat the new coming uh, West Michigan Ironman. 64 to 20 on Saturday, the Dodge city law got a one point victory, not one point, but last play victory over the uh, Duke city gladiators, 59, 52. Uh, That was a last play by the gladiators where the receiver did just even less than half a yard. Didn't make the end zone, which would have ended up making the score 59, to 58 and they could have kicked the extra point to tie it or go for two to try to win. However, it did not get into the end zone one point, uh, you know, half a yard short. So they do get the victory as the Sioux city bandits got a pretty big victory over the Bismarck bucks, 77 to 37 in the Bismarck bucks first game of this season. And on Saturday also, the Mesquite Marshals, that was the game I was at. The Marshals got a victory 55-37 to 37 in that game uh, where I was in attendance at. Uh, the Wichita Force were on the road to take on the Salina Liberty. They got the victory 55-43. to 43. So that was another thing that happened as far as the, those are the games that happened over the weekend. Um, some exciting, some not so exciting I already got an idea of what you can expect in this league. And that's going to be exciting for the rest of the season. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. That's something to keep uh, up with. 
Uh, other news that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, of course, the NBA, the NFL, and others. So what we're going to do here, while we got the moment, we're going to go ahead and wait for Cuervo. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And when we come back, we'll bring in Cuervo as we will talk about the things that are happening uh, in, you know, in news, as far as the news is concerned uh, in uh, sports. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yep, it is it's fresh. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. 
What makes Fit Body Bootcamp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Bootcamp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Monday. watching about 10 minutes of uh, watching guys that aren't going to play very much in the NFL. Boy, that really just makes me feel really good. It is, uh, oh, look, at, wait, 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 wait. Let me do this. I think this is, let me do this. I think this may be the big, big dog. Is this the big dog? How you doing, big dog? It's the big sick dog right now. <laughs> big sick dog. Now, now he he is in a hospital right now, talking on a cell phone, which I don't think it, it, it's not right. Right? You're not supposed to do that, right? Oh no, no, they don't mind. I'm I'm up I'm up out of emergency, so actually they have ah. Wi-Fi and everything. So give us a, so you're are you going to go home? That folks that don't know Big Dog, of course, um, over there at uh, Sports Talk with the guys, and uh, thank you for keeping us up to date with how you're doing. Uh, so you're outside of the emergency room now. You're just in a waiting room. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm actually up up in the uh, the stroke stroke area. <laughs> so, okay. uh, but I'm waiting for more tests. There's a few more tests they have to have, and. Uh, in fact, I may need to call you right back. I think my nurse just came in to do my vitals. So okay, I will call he'll call back right back. Five... Yeah. Take uh, take Sorry, your guys. time, obviously. So the All big right. dog checking in with us here. Thank you, and be careful. And, and if we don't hear from you later on, uh, take care of yourself over there. As uh, I'm glad he's able to give us a call. You know, people who uh, care about each other should let each other know how things are going. That having been said, the big dog, uh, a friend of the show here, I'm glad he's doing better uh, going on there. But, yes, the the, uh, the scouting combine really bores me. I, and, and the reason why, there's only so many Dak Prescott's, so many uh, guys that make, you know, impacts as a rookie. And to sit and watch hours and hours of hundreds of guys I don't care what their skills are. They're not ready for the NFL. Now, could I be wrong? I'm telling you I'm right 99% of the time because there's only so many Dak Prescotts. There's only so many Zeke Elliott's. There's only so many. Uh, what? Well, if you want to call that a success up the Philly at the quarterback position, you can go ahead and do so. I, I would give you that. 
but there are not too many rookies out there making such a direct impact or, you know, even interesting to watch. And if they're not the quarterback, who cares? And Zeke Elliott just took off, you know, and started running the football. I, you know, so I, I really find it incredibly boring to sit and watch this. And, and it's on all that time right now. The NFL uh, Network and the NFL Channel, the NFL.com has been throwing this all day long. And, and you know, I, and for junkies, and that, you know, NFL junkies, I guess you can go ahead and have that. Watching guys run down a football field, turn and make a catch from a machine or from a person just doesn't do it for me. And, and, and nobody's drafts are on. Nobody's, uh, uh, oh, what do you say? Your predictions are never right. I mean, so I, I don't, I, I like covering it when we do it on this show, which we do uh, do the draft. Because it's always neat to talk about players, but to sit and watch them on video camera, what they're doing, you know, it it just doesn't do anything for me. Not only that, this always happens in Indianapolis, and why that is, I don't know. I, myself, would like to see that move around, but it is what it is. And, you know, Rich Eisen and everything else is going to go on. But some news coming out of the NFL until we get Cuervo in here. He said he'd be giving us a call here. But some news coming out of the NFL looks like Julius Peppers is planning on playing for a 16th season as he is a free agent in the NFL. So it just depends. Now, Jaguars are going to release House. Um, you know, that was a, a big time report happening there because you say everyone Jaguars, they definitely did not live up to what they wanted to be last year. And the Jaguars in yeah, I guess you could say in response to that, Devin House is going to reportedly be released and he was due to make twenty four the Jaguars Okay, sign this guy from Green Bay at the corner position to a four-year, $24.5 million contract. And at the age of 27, he set a franchise record with 23 uh, pass breakups in his first season but lost his starting gig to house. Uh, you know, th- these these guys just only started, you know, house only started um, uh, four games down in Jacksonville. Defended uh, 17 tackles. I mean, so needless to say, the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't get what they wanted out of him. So that was a big deal. So Devin House, he's going to be released by the Jaguars. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, Chad Greenway, are he's expected to retire. Adrian Foster believes he can uh, defeat a wolf in the wild. Now, I don't know what that means. If he can race, I, yeah, I don't know. But, man, in the offseason, they really do stretch for something to write about over there on the NFL channel. I mean, it's a huge stretch. And uh, so, but I don't don't give it a lot of play. But uh, Jay Gruden agrees to a um, five-year – this is really interesting. Two-year contract extension for Jay Gruden. Has this guy deserved this – 
let me hit that button right there. That'll take care of that. Hopefully, I, I'm not sure if that came through or not. But he is uh, he, Jay Gruden, two years. Julius Peppers, again, we talked about. Uh, Desmond uh, Trufant uh, looks like they're uh, talking, and hopefully they get done. And um, you know, these these kind of things where the off season in the NFL where it gets a little bit slow, it gets all set. Now, also, big uh, big brother J.J. Watts helped his brother T.J. Watts prepare for the NFL Combine. So that is actually an interesting story. Um, you know, if he's anything like his brother, it, it's definitely an interesting story. So where the NFL is now, as far as that year-long money machine that they supposedly are, they're moving slowly to get ready to do whatever they do um, and moving toward the draft. And that, you know, and, and the stories that come out of the NFL are definitely not sexy at all, or they're just horribly bad or horribly just trying to do something and get it up and going. So we'll find out about that. Also, Lots of news going out in Major League Baseball as, you know, pitchers are, uh, you know, catchers already then. They're already in training camp down there or spring training down in Arizona and over in Florida. Not going to be able to make any games as I'm going out there for Easter instead of uh, March as my brother and his wife are going to be heading out to Arizona. So instead of going up for a couple of games, um, I'm going to go up there around Easter time. But the question really comes to, to mind as uh, the WBC 17 is going to be starting. So that, that is huge. Uh, so, you know, who knows? Beltran is going to go ahead and, uh, you know, suit up for the Dominican Republic. I, to me, this is really boring. And it keeps players away from training camp that need to be at training camp once every four years. So I, I, I don't know. Bat flip from Poog, uh, Pug or whatever you want to call him. I, everybody knows him from the L.A. Uh, does anybody care? I don't. So lots of things coming on Major League Baseball. Uh, NBA, some things that are going on in the NBA. Uh, the games that are going on, I, to me, right now, oh, I, I tried to watch some of this, and it, it, it's right now it's still still unwatchable. Folks, it's still unwatchable, and it, may, it makes it very hard to sit down for a couple of hours and try to decide whether or not I want to watch it. But that being said, let's do this. Oh, you didn't know? In case you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. co-host of this program here. It is Willow. Someone call him up. What's going on, my friend? Is that me? That's you. Oh, oh wait. Oh, 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 it's the big dog back. I was expecting, see, I was expecting Cuervo, but hold on, hold on. Hold on. He missed his intro. He missed, Let's do it one more time. You didn't know. In case you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. Here he comes. He better call someone. It's Cuervo. Hey, 
So you'll never guess. I got the big dog online with us as well this morning or this afternoon morning over there. Uh, how you doing, Cuervo? I'm good, guys. Big dog, how you feeling? Uh, well, the nurse just saw me. She told me I'm still alive, so I guess I'm okay. All right, cool. That, that, that's good. I mean, that's that's a start, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so Cuervo. Right now, Cuervo, the NFL Combine is happening. You know the uh, the training camp. Well, it's not training camp, but the the NFL uh, uh, Combine's going on right now. I, are you watching? The, does this hold your attention all, at all? Am I watching the uh, the talent show that uh, that the <laughs> NFL puts on every year? Something no, no. Like I mean, I, I I'll be honest. I watched for about. Yeah, 30 minutes on Saturday. Um, just because it was all the skill position guys. And then, and then that's when I saw the, uh, that one receiver that broke the combine record, which is, which is always kind of interesting to see, but, uh, no, I, other than that, I have invested no time. I've for the past three days, I've invested 30 minutes into, uh, the NFL talent show or the combine. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I don't know. For me, it doesn't matter. But for what's going on there. But since I got the big dog in, we might as well start talking a little bit about some some NBA. You up for talking some NBA there, big dog? Oh yeah, you know the fun that that is Lakerland right now. The 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 struggles that are going on behind the scenes, the power struggle. Uh, it's getting interesting. Uh, I I saw something today, but I haven't had a chance to look it up. But for those who don't know out there, of course, uh, Jim Buss, who was fired or relieved of his duties, put it that way. He's still part yes. owner. Uh, he was relieved of his duties along with Mitch Kupchak about two weeks ago. And this past, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday, he tried to oust his sister, Jeannie Buss, who was president and in charge of the Lakers uh, herself. And I'm sorry, uh, uh, Jim and Johnny Buss. Johnny is the oldest brother. And they are the they are the three buses that, that sit on the board of directors. Now there's five board of directors and Jeannie is the chief one. Um, and of course, I guess it's sour grapes on Jim's part, but you know, he did a lousy job. We all know he did a lousy job. We've been calling for him to get fired for years and she finally uh, fired him. And I think it was just her being uh, him being her brother that he, he, she didn't do this a lot sooner. And she apologized to the fans saying that she should have done this a lot sooner, maybe at least a year to a year and a half ago. She admitted to that, so she apologized. And um, Jim, of course, did not take this very well, so he got his brother to try and oust her. What they, now, what they did is they called for a special uh, meeting with the, with the shareholders uh, for uh, this, this week. In fact, this was it's Wednesday. Uh, but Jeannie heard about it, intervened, went to court, got her lawyers in there, and um, they squashed it because when Dr. Buss died, he put Jeannie in charge per his will, you know, for his direction. And the two brothers were also put on the board of directors. But their mandate was for them to do everything in their power to make sure Jeannie stayed in charge. Them trying to oust her, that went against that directive, that mandate. So the judge squashed it. So she is in power right now, of course. Uh, but she knows that this is, as of right now, the calm before the storm because uh, there's, I've read a few articles here and there that Jim, I guess, is trying to wrest control of the Lakers 
from her, which of course would be horrible, you know, just by what he's done so far as, as uh, you know, president in those three or four years that he was president, he, you know, he ruined the team. So it, it's going to be an interesting time guys. Well, I, I guess I'll ask this to Cuervo. I, how much does is her responsibility in, in this? Because it seems to me, Cuervo, and maybe it's me, this is a woman that has just been passing the buck on some blame, more so than taking the blame. Now, granted, I guess Big Dog says she comes out and you know and apologizes to the fans, but yeah, I, I, where is her loyalty supposed to lie within the family or within the fans? But or. How about the franchise itself? I mean, the storied franchise that are the Lakers, I mean, where is her responsibility in this? Because we're not hearing a lot about her responsibility for the demise of what we're seeing so far. What, the last four seasons of Laker basketball? Well, if if she was a smart woman, guys, and and she does seem to be have some sort of intelligence, uh, it should be within the franchise for multiple reasons. Number one, obviously – that's how she makes her living is as the, uh, you know, the owner or however, whatever her title is now, she's, she's the top dog of, of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you know, so that's number one, you know, and obviously the other thing too is, you know, if she doesn't want to do wrong by, by her, you know, late father, um, then she's going to do what's best for, the organization, you know, because he entrusted that she would, you know, take care of what he built with the, with the Lakers organization. And I, and I don't know off the top of my head how many years he was owner. uh, But I do know that there's a lot of history with the Lakers with him as the owner. So, you know, basically do right by, by your father, and, um, you know, make the right to de- decisions and kind of like, well, this is, this is how dad would have wanted it. This is how he would have done it. And, um, you know, that, that's another big reason why her loyalty should be to the franchise itself. I would think it would go to the franchise and more in the fact than her brothers and sisters, because they're always going to be there. The legacy of the Lakers though, has been taking a pounding for the last four years, big dog. And that right there, it, it tells you the difference between obviously Dr. Jerry Buss compared to the people that are succeeding him after his uh, unfortunate passing is, is that it seems like, and, and it's fairly obvious that no one knows what they're doing in order to keep them to be that storied franchise that the Los Angeles Lakers are there, big dog. Yeah. I think the main problem with her was, is that she entrusted her, her brother with too much responsibility. Uh, the suppose, I mean, of course, no one knows what went on behind closed doors when he was, when Dr. Bus was, you know, near the end. Uh, but rumors have it is that the way it worked is Jeannie was on the business side of the Lakers and they have flourished because of course, Forbes just came out with their list under once again, number two, uh, the number two basketball franchise, you know, in the NBA worth something like, I think, three and a half billion dollars or something. But um, the rumor was is that he told Jeannie, Dr. Buss told Jeannie to kind of help Jim Buss along. And she kind of knew that he wasn't quite there yet, but to let him, I guess, feel the reins, so to speak, to, to see if he can, he can do it. And I think she just entrusted him too much between 
uh, Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak with too much of the basketball decisions. The final decision did come down to her, but she would get the info from them. And I think when she brought Magic in, you know, who, of course, was, you know, everybody knows Magic Johnson, that he, he finally came back to the Lakers, and I guess she got a fresh approach in her ear of what's going on and, and the fact that, like, as you said, you know, the, the story franchise isn't a story anymore. No one wants to come here because of um, Jim Bus and Mitch Kupchak. And that, that's known throughout all the agents and stuff that are out there that are telling their players, don't come here because <clears throat> Jim Bus doesn't know what he's doing. So once they ousted him, uh, a lot of agents, the, the big agents, said that now they will actually take meetings with the Lakers just because of the fact that Magic is back. So, um, you know, hopefully he gets uh, the right type of people around him that know what they're doing. I'm not real, I'm not real happy with the fact that they're going to get Kobe's agent as, as the GM, the new GM. I mean, I understand he knows the, the CBA, which is the collective bargaining agreement, like the back of his hand, but he has no he basketball background. So, I mean, I might have brought him in maybe as a consultant or an assistant GM and went out there looking for an established general manager. But, you know, Golden State did it, and, you know, it worked out for them. So who knows? So as we as we look at where the Lakers are as a franchise and the fact that they do bring in Magic Johnson, you know, obviously whatever that guy usually gets involved with has been working. Now the doors are opening for more people to start listening to what the Lakers can offer. The big question will be, Cuervo, is what do they have to do? They've got to sign that guy. They've got to be able to get that guy to get the others to come there. I mean, because really, if you look at what LeBron did down in Miami, it really changed basketball the way we see it today. I mean, it compared to years past, I mean, now, you know, it, there's no hated rivalries. Everybody seems to like each other, which makes is putrid to me, but, but, but that's the way of new basketball right now. So what the, do the Lakers have to do in order, since the doors are now opening now where people are actually listening, what do the Lakers got to do to, to take them back to that yeah, I mean, they're not going to get back to that level right away. But what do they got to do to start getting respectful? Look, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds easy, but start winning again. Um, I mean, they have to, but they, you have to get the right people. And you know, with a guy like Magic, um, you know, he's a guy that obviously uh, played at a very high level, and, and what that and what that does for the Lakers is it will help them uh, identify some good talent. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of times people wonder like, why are certain teams bad? Why are, why are they always just bad or why do they become bad? Well, you know, you hit certain points in, in, in a franchise where, you know, you let certain guys go, especially like scouts and whatnot. I, right now, I think the problem with the Lakers is they just don't have the right people that can evaluate talent. And with a guy like Magic Johnson, obviously he knows what to look for. He knows, uh, you know, who the, who the, who the real, um, 
you know, the, the the real prospects are the ones that can that can actually play and not like, you know, certain um, certain guys that we fall in love with because they scored 50 points in a game in college. They're like, oh, you know, he should be a top pick. Um, you know, Magic's going to be that guy that, that's going to tell him slow the roll. Like, you have to look at the body of work, overall body of work. And, and with a guy like Magic, I mean, yeah, like I said, I mean, he's, he's a guy that, that can uh, help prevent those uh, bad decisions, like, you know, drafting certain individuals um, that have true talent. So, um, you know, what what can what do the Lakers have to do? They just got to get back to to winning, and they got to have they got to have personnel in the front office that are respected around the league. I think that's another big thing too, because when you have people that aren't respected, nobody's going to take you serious, and they're going to try and run over you, uh, even if you are the Lakers, like. You know the the Showtime Lakers and the history that doesn't mean anything to these to these new GMs. Uh, you know, I mean they, they they don't they don't care about the history. It's what have you done lately? And honestly, I mean, you know the Lakers haven't done a whole lot since 2009 2010. So um, right now, I, I don't even think they're the more respected basketball team in LA. And that and that's True. tough to say. And. You know, I know, I know that's a tough pill for the big dog to swallow, um, but I'm just trying to be honest here. I don't, I don't know that the Lakers are even more respected than the Clippers are, and, and we never, I never thought in my lifetime I would ever say something like that because, I mean, the Clippers ten years ago were the laughing stock of, of not just the NBA but in sports. You know, they were always the punchline to every joke, and and now it's you know, now it's the other way around where the Lakers are are the the team that are that is below. Yep. Now the question I have to Big Dog is: Magic enough, or is there going to be a more of a supporting cast to make things right in in uh, in, in L.A.? My understanding is that Magic has got a consultant to help him with the new the new attitude, the new era of basketball, obviously compared to the days that he played, it's definitely a different time. Uh, so he's got his right-hand man. And uh, if, if, are those two going to be enough? Uh, is that going to be enough to take them back there? Or is, it, is there other pieces outside of players that have to take place in the Laker organization? Yeah, I think he needs to, and he, and he seems like he's trying to do it now. He's trying to surround himself with the right people that like, like you said, you know, the game has changed completely from when magic played, you know, back in the, the late eighties, you know, very, very early nineties. And he needs to get people around him that will let him know that type of thing. But as Corville said, you know, magic knows talent, magic can spot talent. So I think that, that part will be covered, but I think he's going to surround himself with the right people. And, um, you know, as, as Corville said, you know, we got to start drafting better. Not just hey, look, you know the one year announced that, you know had like he said, you know had a forty fifty point game. Oh, let's 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 draft him. You know, the draft the, the our two number two picks the last two years have been coming along really slow. You know, there's Ingram is not had a really good rookie season. I mean, if you really look at his numbers, the numbers are not very good at all. Um, D'Angelo Russell had a better. Uh, sophomore season this year than he had a, a freshman season. So he shows a lot of promise. Um, you know, the fact that if the rumors are true, you know, Paul George will be a Laker after next season. 
because evidently he really wants to come here, and he would still be young, but I believe he'd only be like 28 years old. So, you know, and and he's a premier player. He's, you know, a good top 15, top 20 player at least. So, you know, that that may start turning the tide to get some no uh, known players, big big name players. And uh, the thing is, though, <laughs> Magic and upper management need to find a way to get rid of Mozgov and uh, and uh, what's his face? Oh, I got it slipping my name. Uh, those, those those monster contracts. They were horrible contracts, you know. And when we when we gave them out, I said they were horrible. So right now we're playing Mozgov, the highest guy on the team, and he's not even playing right now. He hasn't played for like four right. games, you know. So. Those kind of decisions are what's tearing up what's happening in the Lakers, uh, the Lakers franchise. And, and those things have to change fairly quickly. But I think Magic gets the rest of this year and next year. Um, I think that the expectations will be playoffs next year regardless. But the same thing that goes into play in the way he presents himself, he'll want from his players. So, there's a lot of work that's going on over in L.A. It's going to take a lot of work in order for them to be ready for the playoffs next year. That being, obviously, personnel out on the court, and they're going to have to work with that. Now, in another twist, I mean, you know, sometimes I, I try to stay away from a, a lot of people talking, especially on ESPN and things of that sort. However, when Mark Cuban talks, it usually brings something to talk about. And sure enough, he didn't fail again. So let's head on over to what Mark Cuban says. Mark Cuban says, Westbrook's his, uh, historic production this season hasn't changed my stance uh, for the Oklahoma City point guard. He falls short of a superstar status and opinion that he I, – I, I, I can't even defend this guy on the stupidity that's coming his way here, big dog. How can you not think Russell Westbrook is not a superstar? You know, you can get one player on his mind that just does not like, you know, when he was always attacking Shaq when he was with the Lakers or whoever he decides on. And for whatever reason, he decides on Russell Westbrook, who has MVP-type numbers here. Now the team is not that good because he is truly the only star on the team. And we know now in this NBA now that we have that you cannot have a franchise without at least two guys, mainly three main players, and he just does not have that. Now Russell's trying his best, but, I mean, it just so happens that you also have Harden having the best season he's ever had. You know, uh, before he went down, he had Durant having a great season with, with Golden State. And the one that everyone is flying under everyone's radar, Kawhi Leonard. If you look at his numbers, he is worthy. And because he does it uh, on the defensive end every single night, and he's putting up monster numbers uh, on the offensive side, and yet he never gets even spoken about. He should be in that top three. I think. Yeah, there, there's, and obviously LeBron James is always going to be talked about, but Cuervo, I mean, he, he, maybe it's me, maybe it's not, but if Russell Westbrook had a love affair to come to Dallas, I mean, I, there, there's no question that Mark Cuban is bringing him over here, right? Or, or is, is this something more? Maybe I'm missing something. Mark, Mark Cuban will have the red carpet rolled out for him. 
if Russell Westbrook tomorrow so. said, I want to be a Dallas Maverick, uh, Mark Cuban would be like, Russell Westbrook is my favorite player in the NBA. And let's be honest. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the uh, what the uh, reasoning his reasoning is tactics behind uh, trying to say that what Westbrook's not an All Star. But I bet you if he if he said I would like to go to Dallas, he's all of a sudden now he's the best point guard in the league. You know, he he is definitely an All Star. He could be a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, like he's like he's the best thing since peanut butter and jelly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's funny how. It's funny how business people think, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll, they're easy to, uh, you know, they're quick to, to talk, talk negatively, but if they want to be a part of their team, they're like, Oh, eh, maybe he's not such a bad guy. Yeah. Because you know that, that he's going to help you get closer to a championship. So, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I think Mark Cuban should just, you know, go play some golf somewhere. Don't be on Twitter. Um, just kind of, you know, just don't, just don't do that stuff. Um, it, 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 cause it never works out. It, it doesn't make him look good at all. And he's done it before. Um, and it never makes him look any better. People, when people think of Cuban, um, they, I don't, I don't know. They, they think he's a, he's a, a clownish type owner. Uh, that's what people, that's what people perceive Mark Cuban as. And he's just not really a businessman. He just likes to, you know, be a talker and I don't know it just it's really weird those type of owners he is he's one of these guys that but I think the way you put it there Cuervo is a good way a clown not too many people are coming to this franchise now I I, I speculated uh last week so I'm going to ask the big dog there's reason why people are not coming to Dallas okay is it Mark Cuban is it the fact that it's Dallas and it's just Dallas and it's the Dallas Cowboys, not the Mavericks, or is it what I think it is? I think it's Dirk. I don't think players want to play with Dirk. I think players think he's over. I think players think he's overrated. I think players don't want to be the uh, second fiddle to Dirk Nowitzki. I think the players have a problem with the German himself. A German being the, you know, I guess what you want to call the first ballot Hall of Famer in the NBA. So I think a lot of the players have the problem with Dirk Nowitzki more so than Mark Cuban's money. And I lost the big dog, so I dang, I wish I, I wanted to get him. Maybe he'll give us a call back. Uh, but that, that's what my opinion is on it. But here's the thing, and maybe it's me, maybe it's not, but. I read the article on Cuban, okay? The article itself was it was interesting. But when this, this quote-unquote, I guess if you want to call it, interview, okay, was when Cuban was going through his pregame exercise routine. What, can I ask you, Cuervo, why would Mark Cuban go through his pregame exercise routine? I mean, I've never heard of an owner – have a pre-game exercise routine, and he's not even out on the court. Maybe I'm missing something. You said he's not on the court? No, no. I'm saying they had this interview while he was on the court doing his pre-game exercise routine. 
I, I, to me, maybe for me, I mean, I, why don't you go get, uh, 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 why don't you just go get a membership at Anytime Fitness? What do you mean? Free, this guy's in his free game exercise. What's he exercising for, for God's sake? You know, I, Sonny, I think it's a matter of just, he, in his mind, he believes that that'll get his players motivated to, uh, you know, do better, play well. Um, but in reality, people are looking at him like, why is the owner over here warming up next to me? Like, like <laughs> I, as me, I don't want my bosses around me, Sonny. I, let me do no. my job. Stop breathing down my neck. You know what I mean? Or am I misunderstanding something here? No, I, I, I don't know why he's out there. It really it, It's really an interesting deal. When I read it, and that's the thing that stood out, which it kind of reminds me of another owner right here in Dallas, Jerry Jones, having his nose in yeah. a lot of things that really he needs to keep his nose out except for writing a check. Yeah, again, I mean, I don't know about you, Sonny, but I don't like my boss breathing down my neck. I like to have my space so I can do my job. And I'm not looking over my shoulder to make sure, you know, that um, that they're they're looking at what I'm doing, make sure I'm not, oh, I guess, doing something they don't want to do or, or whatever. Hey, if, if I do something wrong, I mess up, let me know about it later. But I, I don't need you breathing down my, you know, down the back of my shoulder. You know, I need I don't need you breathing down my neck. Um, and I think maybe that's how the players feel with owners like that, where they're a little too involved, a little too hands-on. Um, I know as a player or, or even with the job I have now, like it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little like, you know, you kind of, you don't, you don't do things you normally would, uh, you know, if your boss isn't around, you're not yep. working, you're not doing what you normally would do because you're too worried about what are they thinking or what are they saying? Kind of, you know, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, I I don't know that that right there just tells me that he is way too involved to the, in the day to day, and you can say whatever you want. I mean, when you talk Dallas Mavericks, you know, you you talk about Dirk Nowitzki. There's no question that you know I know and I understand why people like um, Dirk Nowitzki. I get it, um, but at the same time, you know, you got. If you're Mark Cuban, I think you got one of the best coaches in Rick Carlisle than most most teams have at your your uh, head coaching position. You got a guy that's played the game. You've got a guy that has won championships. You've got a guy as a player and now as a coach, and you got a guy that knows basketball business when it comes to the court. I, I think you're absolutely right, Cuervo. People change their attitudes, change the way they do something when boss is right there micromanaging what you do on a daily basis. And I think it affects a, I think it affects not just a basketball team or an athletic team, but just everybody in general, where, wherever you work. Having your boss breathing down your neck at everything you do, that, that's, that's too much pressure, and especially in big-time athletics, obviously, that is what uh, the um, the NBA is. Uh, I think it can have a direct negative effect. Yeah, and, and that's the word I was looking for. I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I use that word so often, micromanaging, and uh, for some reason I couldn't think of it just now. But, yeah, that's exactly what it, what it seems like is owners like that, you know, there's nothing wrong with being involved and, and knowing what's going on you know, prime example, okay, 
I give you I give you a prime example. A guy like Eddie DeBartolo, who was the owner of the 49ers in the in the 80s, okay, he was pretty involved, but he was involved in the right things. He wanted to know about the players. He wanted to know about you know their families and and he wanted to get to know them on a personal level. He was never, at least from what I what I know or what I've seen, he was never like you know sitting at every practice, hey, run that drill again, or trying to take on more, uh, you know, um, job titles than than really what he should have been. I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't the owner, the GM, the president, you know, and, and all these other, like like a Jerry Jones uh, is, and kind of like how Mark Cuban is in, in the NBA. Um, DeBartolo was more about taking care of his, the people that worked for him. And, you know, some owners think, well, taking care of them is always, uh, you know, watching what they're doing and, 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 you know, trying to take on different responsibilities within the franchise. Like, that's, it's, it's, that's not how these players want to be taken care of. Like, you give them the best, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess uh, you know amenities. Give them the best amenities, and that's what and that's what DeBartolo was. He always made sure they stayed in in the best uh, uh, facilities. They had the best facilities. They had good workout equipment. Um, you know their practice field was good. You know th- those are the things that the owners should be worried about. Not you know uh, hey I don't like the way you're I don't like the uh, I, I think your spiral could be a little bit tighter there, Montana. Yeah. Like I, I seriously doubt. Eddie DeBartolo ever said that's Joe Montana. I think your spiral could be a little bit tighter. Um, yeah. But he was get, going down to Joe, going down to Walsh and telling them how to coach, coach his offensive linemen. They need to be down a little bit better in their three point stance. Yeah. Like this whole, uh, this, you know, this whole West coast offense that you're, that you're trying to create. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. Change it. Yeah. yeah you and need and to now half it. the NFL uses it. So there you yeah. go. There you go. Hey, now uh, I know you yeah, got to bail in seven minutes, right? Uh, no, I, I'm on till I'm here till the top of the hour, which is sunny. Oh, uh, ten four. I I thought you. I I didn't know how long you are. I thought you were an hour, but I'm glad that you're here. Uh, lots of things going on now. Now, Major League Baseball, Cuervo is doing that that once every four year, or maybe it's once every three year. Uh, the World Baseball Classic. And boy, oh boy, to me, this really is a waste of time. And it really affects what happens in spring training on certain players. Uh, now, obviously, there are certain players that are definitely going to be on their team and stuff of that sort, and you get a chance to see some other guys. But it really does affect what's happening in spring training this year. It does, Sonny. Um, you know, like personally, I don't mind it. I like to see, uh, you know, all the different um, players get together and, and and you know represent their home country and stuff like that. Um, but you're right. I mean, you always run into that risk of somebody getting injured, and now it affects you know the team that they work for and and whatnot. Um, that's the only downfall. But like me personally, I, maybe because I just love baseball. Um, you know, I, I, I like watching the World Baseball Classic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's always that risk. You just never know. Like, I mean, anything can happen. Uh, you know, major injury could happen. And 
Um, that's the only downfall, but I, I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a waste of time. I just think it's it's um, it's just really risky. You know, as far as certain players. Yeah, there's a lot of money involved with, without question when it comes to that kind of yeah. thing. So, and you you, you got to end up watching it. That's something that's going to be always a uh, situation uh, in baseball that's going on as far as that's concerned. Now, but but before you do go, I I did wanted to see if there was anything that you wanted to talk about before I moved on to other things um, as far as maybe even basketball or baseball, because obviously what we do best is looking at football in the NFL. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't hit on that you want to get out there? Anything that's not NFL? Um, hmm. Actually, no, Sonny, I got NFL on my mind. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking about right now. Well, you, you got NFL on your mind, and there is, there's a reason why, of course, because of what's going on as far as the combine is concerned and things of that sort. But lots of guys being released, lots of guys not having jobs anymore. Uh, Bills released their kicker, uh, uh, Carpenters, uh, he's gone. Um, and there's some other guys that have been uh, been released as well. And there's other guys that you make you kind of wonder what's going to end up happening. And I wanted to shoot over to your Chicago Bears because let's be honest, the Chicago Bears are in a lot of trouble. And the main reason is, Cuervo, before they even take a look at anybody, they are already in, they're married to a quarterback that no one likes. And this this is horrible because right as of right now, and all the things I've read, there's still no, you know, solution to the Jay Cutler situation that's there in Chicago, and whether that being the coaches' decisions, owners' decisions, whether or not you're going to keep this guy. Cuervo, the Chicago Bears. Let's be honest, you. you it, it is the NFL. It's about the quarterback position. And let's be honest, he hasn't done it for the uh, last three to four years in the Chicago uniform. No, he has not, Sonny. And that's why chances are, um, you know, they, they, they've tried to find a trade partner and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I think, uh, I think Ryan Pace is just going to, he's going to bite the bullet and he's going to release Jay Cutler, um, you know, before a pro- it's, and it's probably going to happen prior to free agency hitting because if I remember correctly, there's certain, uh, you know, dates that you have to meet in order to prevent having to pay guaranteed money to certain guys and stuff like that. That's correct. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Jay still owed quite a bit of money with the contract that he signed two, three years ago, I believe it was, um, but I think uh, releasing him, you know, they're they're just gonna bite the bullet. I mean, the Bears are gonna bite the bullet. Uh, you know, take that take that penalty, that cap penalty, and uh, just kind of move on from from Jay Cutler and focus on, you know, what's the draft strategy now? Do we go for do we go quarterback first round? Do we try to maybe hold off to the second round, see who's still there, um, or do we look at the free agent market? Uh, maybe somebody like a Tony Romo and go in that direction. I mean, there's the Bears have options. Um, they're not they're not the greatest options by any means, but 
I think the I think the goal is to be Jay Cutler free in Chicago, and and, and that's going to happen here within the next day or two. Seven year, hundred twenty six million dollar contract that he signed. Um, and that was in 2014. Guaranteed amount of money that was set on the uh, contract uh, was 54 million. So they had 2014, 2015, 2016 with him. So for three years, uh, you know, for Chicago Bear fans, you're you're looking at close to 18 million for those three years. Uh, so. I guess if you kind of look at it in reality, you look at the number, it's not the most horrible number, but at the same time, it is Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler has really have been a, a situation now. Uh, the guaranteed salary, uh, 18, 18.1 actually is what he was uh, getting paid with the base salary of 12.5. The roster bonus is the big thing that you're talking about, Cuervo, $2.5 million. Uh, is that roster bonus that you're talking about. And that is, uh, and that comes every year. And if I'm not mistaken, they need to restructure that uh, and, or, you know, get rid of it before it happens. And if I'm not mistaken, it's sometime like in two weeks that they got to get that done. Um, So, but here's the big part of the whole contract, Cuervo. It's not the fact that the money, they're going to eat money. It's the, it's the dead, uh, the, the uh, dead cap, which is easy for him. Uh, the cap hit is 16 million. It's the dead cap. That's the most important. Uh, it's only 2 million. So the fact of the matter is when you get rid of Jay, Jay Cutler, as far as the dead cap is concerned, it's only 2 million bucks. You got to end up doing that, especially now, because last year the dead cap was 19 million. So that, that being said, you're looking at a total, but yeah, Cuervo, they're going to have to pay $16 million bucks. So that's what's going to end up happening here. Um, but as far as what they're going to be responsible, I think, left on the contract. Uh, but the big story on that, Cuervo, is Jay Cutler has been rumored to want to play for Texans. Um, if the idea of Tony Romo uh, going to uh, the Houston Texans, and that's been a, been getting a lot of talk as well. Tony Romo, um, that whole situation for him to play for the Texans, um, that's really, really an interesting story down here in Dallas. Yeah, it seems to me like teams want to go to Houston. I don't know what it is. I mean, I know they had a great season last year, but – at the same time, I think, I think what it is, is, you know, you look at the division and you look at, uh, you know, Jacksonville is still a team that needs to improve. Um, Indianapolis, you never know. I mean, it's hit or miss with the Colts. It all depends on the health of Andrew Luck. Tennessee is the team I would worry about if I was to go to that division. Um, the Titans are definitely, to me, I think they could they can win that division next year. Um, so I, I think that's why. I mean, if you you look at the other teams that are looking for a quarterback, you don't want to go to the Jets because you got to face Tom Brady twice a year, and it's cold as hell up in New York. Um, plus all the state you know taxes that you got to pay and whatnot. Texas is it's uh you know it's it's uh tax free if I'm not mistaken. The state is tax free, so. I think that's a big selling point 
when it comes to the Texans and why guys like Romo and Cutler want to go there. Um, you know, but I, I look at it too is the division is not that it, – it's, it's a winnable division if you go there and, and, you, and you're with the Houston Texans because um, you're not beating Tom Brady. Uh, you're not going to – you know, out, out west in San Francisco, um, you know, Seattle is still the team to beat out there. Um, you've got Arizona, who's still pretty decent. It's, it's, you know, it's a very physical division, but, um, you know, it's just interesting how those two guys are both like, I want to go to Houston. Now Houston's like, all right, well, do we sign, do we sign one? Do we sign neither one? Uh, because we did just get Brock Osweiler last year. So it's kind of like, well, what, what do the Texans do? Like, you know, it, it, it it's just it was interesting to me how they both were like I want to go to Houston. I'm trying to really understand the reasoning behind it. Maybe you can help me out, Sonny. I don't know, but I'm trying to figure out their reasoning for wanting to go to Houston. Well, I don't know. I don't know their reasons to want to go, except that they all know that they can bring beat out Brock Osweiler. But the Houston Texans themselves are on the hook for a lot of money with Brock Osweiler, regardless. That having been said, at least if all the readings that I've been going on, and I've been doing a lot of it as well, is Tony Romo um, is expected to take about a six to eight million dollar salary because he's still getting a lot of money from the from the uh, from the uh, Dallas Cowboys. He's still going to get some money from that contract, and there's game uh, incentives as well. And Tony Romo, you're right. You you, know, you say whatever you want. But business is business. Taxes, you know, are, there are no state taxes here in Dallas or in the tax, uh, state of Texas. So that's also something else. His wife works for a TV station right here in Dallas. So he's only a couple hours, a quick train, you know, a quick uh, plane ride back home. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why Tony Romo being linked to the Houston Texans is a story. The only thing that it is, I mean, when you can say whatever you want, you know, when you when this decision is going to make be made, it's going to be made here soon. Uh, but I don't think there's anything that there's no way the Cowboys are going to let this guy go. I mean, you, you know, he is your he is your part of your storied franchise because of all the records that he holds, and more than the fact you just don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback in position. Regardless who starts, you have the best quarterback in the NFL, whether it's Dak Prescott or Tony Romo. So there, it's a win-win situation. You're going to spend a lot of money, yes, but you're going to keep the hometown boy. And as much as people hate Tony Romo, there are more people here that love him. More than the fact, also, you've got a billionaire owner who is willing to throw away money. Um, you might – and you – all you got to do is take a look at that one drive that he came in in the last game. This guy, can, he still has skills. Now the question is, is will the offensive line block for him? And he doesn't have that happen, but maybe with the idea with, uh, with the Dak Prescott and then he comes in as cleanup role and uh, backup thing, maybe they'll block for him because they still need to block for Dak Prescott. I, and it, there's also some other uh, uh, cities that are coming up that I think is very interesting, Cuervo. If Houston's not one, lots of people talking about the Kansas City Chiefs are looking to uh, bring him in as well as the Denver Broncos. That one's not the big secret. It's the Kansas City Chief 
uh, team that way. And you want to talk about a tough division, Cuervo? You're talking about the AFC West where you have the Raiders who are a playoff team. You got the Broncos. Now, the Broncos are losing pieces right and left off of that. So that's a, you have the San Diego Chargers and, then of course, the Chiefs that are in that division. That is a tough, tough division uh, for for any quarterback, never mind a guy that can't stay healthy. Never mind it does get cold in Kansas City. There, you know, it, but this one is a hot and heavy rumor going on, especially with the, I guess you can say, the failings of Alex Smith in the last two years in the playoffs. Yeah, Sonny, don't sleep on the Chiefs. They're, they're a team that, <clears throat> that hasn't gotten a lot of attention. They, a lot of people haven't been talking about the Chiefs as a team going after a quarterback. Uh, they might surprise some people. Who knows? They may even go as far as trading up in the draft and getting a guy like Deshaun Watson or a guy like um, uh, Deshaun Kaiser from, from Notre Dame. Um, you know, the, the quarterbacks that everybody's been talking about, you know, the, the, the big three that everybody's talking about. Don't sleep on the Chiefs, Sonny. I, I could very well see them sneak up on somebody, uh, trade, trade up to get a pick um, and, and steal a quarterback from someone. So, I mean, as a Chiefs fan, you have to think, like, that, that is the move we need to make uh, because the Chiefs were a couple of couple of plays away, uh, you know, that Alex Smith didn't make from beating the Steelers and going to the AFC Championship game. They, they should have won that game. Yep, they should have won they it. They should have won it. But because of Alex Smith's inability to, to make certain plays, make certain throws, um, that's why the, that's why the Steelers advanced, and you know I'm sure it left a bad taste in a lot of Chiefs fans' mouths. That man, if we just had if we had a certain quarterback, you know, if we had a guy with a better arm or just somebody that wasn't afraid to to take a gamble and make a throw, you know, they could have they could have beaten. I mean, they held the Steelers to six field goals. I mean, all they had to do yeah. was stop them from know, getting in the end zone. Yeah, and they did that, and but the offense just didn't, you know. And now they've got they've lost. They're losing Jamal Charles. They let him go. He's released. Yes. So, um, you know, what is their identity now on offense? Well, we don't know yet. We don't know now. If you bring in Tony Romo, I think you get an identity, don't you, Cuervo? You get an identity that guess what? We actually got a guy who can throw the ball downfield. Sure. Yeah, and you do have that. Um, now you got you still got to look into the future, but yeah, for at least next year, if you bring in Romo, at least you know, okay. So we got it. We got a guy who's seasoned, um, and now we kind of have a better understanding of the direction that we're going to go this year. Um, you know, a little a little more passing, uh, not so run heavy that the Chiefs are used to being, and um, you know, maybe Jeremy Macklin gets a little more involved in the offense. Uh, obviously, you got in my in my opinion, okay. Patriots fans can hate this all they want, but in my opinion, the, the Chiefs have the best tight end in the game in Travis Kelsey. So that right there, I think, is a huge selling point for a quarterback that's trying to, uh, you know, make a decision on where he wants to go next. Look, you've got a pretty good offensive line. Uh, yeah, Jamal Charles ain't around no more, but you got you got a great safety valve in in Travis Kelsey who can get you first down after first down. Uh, you know, you just got to get him the ball. So, that being said, Sonny, I mean, that that right there would be enough 
even even as an older quarterback like Romo, hey, maybe this is my best opportunity to get deep in the playoffs, possibly possibly even make a Super Bowl. So Absolutely. If they get rid of Jamal Charles, that's no big loss for them. They got Spencer Well or uh, Spencer Ware, Dan uh DeAnthony Thomas and uh West in the backfield. Um, so they're not losing anything except an injury-prone running back. And they've proved that they don't need him uh, it being Jamal Charles in order to be successful running the football. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I know where I think Jay Cutler goes. I think Jay Cutler does go to the Kansas City Chiefs. And there's a reason why of my insanity in that thinking. And I'm going to make everybody wait for that insanity when we have to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Jay Cutler, uh, why I think he's going to go to Kansas City, and some other things here in the NFL game. We'll do that. We'll do a quick break. We'll be back in four minutes, Cuervo, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, a Monday edition. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive-through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive-thru so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chain Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychainlees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. 
We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Alan Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price, and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Two things regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. Number one, Jay Cutler might be there. And the reason being, I think that the actual Kansas City Chiefs are going to be actively looking at Paxton. Okay, I said it. Okay, this is going to be something that people are going to be looking at. There's also, that is a huge thing there. And the fact that you've got two guys that be, be coming from a team that is right there within the division. Cuervo, there's just a lot of things that can set up. But really, if you go after a Paxton Lynch, can you expect this guy to start? My answer is no. But at least you get some experience with Jay Cutler. You get him on a different team. You get him with a coach that has found a way to get the best out of his player. And that is the biggest thing, Cuervo, when you look at what Andy Reid's able to do. I don't think there's a guy in the NFL that will be able to succeed with uh, Jay Cutler except Andy Reid. Other coaches aren't ready to go ahead and limit the guy or they expect a lot from the guy. But when you go and you play for Andy Reid, He's going to put you in a position to do what you do best. All you got to look at is what they have done in the past few years with Alex Smith. Exactly, Sonny. I mean, and we know we know Andy Reid's history, too. I mean, he's a guy that when he established himself in Philadelphia and he got the team how he wanted them, um, you know, they went to, what, four straight NFC championship games, if I'm not mistaken, Yep. Um, you know, if it wasn't for uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, they probably would be in, in more of those games. Um, so, really, I mean, he's got the Chiefs right there. It, it, they, just need, they just need that quarterback, really what it comes down to. And, you know, I think, too, uh, if, it, if it's not Kansas City, Sonny, more than likely – it's probably going to be San Francisco where Jay Cutler ends up. And there, there's many reasons for that. Number one, uh, his wife is from the West coast out in California, LA area, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so obviously you're a lot closer to LA being in San Francisco than you are in Chicago. Um, number two, they're going to have 
they're definitely going to have the money for it. If Colin Kaepernick is is no longer going to be a 49er, you know, you you free that money up, um, and you you definitely have money to sign Cutler to a deal that he's probably looking for, probably around the 12 to 15 million dollar range. So you you'll have the money for that. And last but not least, isn't he going to have to? Oh, wait, before you go, before you're last but not least. Doesn't he have that? I mean, that's still a lot of money for a guy that has proven he can't be the man with uh, with a $42 million contract. We all make mistakes sometimes, Sonny, and the Bears made a huge mistake <laughs> committing to to a guy like Jake. You know, it's funny, too, because it's like he came off a really good season, and it was like, boom, he got the big yep. deal. Uh, what about before – I mean – Prior to that big season, what did he? What had he done for the Bears before that? Not a whole lot. Um, you know, got him to the one NFC Championship game. Didn't even finish that game. We all know the story. Uh, so it's like, what did Cutler do to really uh, show that he was worth that money? I, it was to me. It was more of a matter of, well, look, if we don't secure Jay. Uh, here in Chicago, then, you know, we, we, we're not going to have a quarterback and he was the best option. It's like, I always say, sometimes um, the one guy that you don't want is the best option. So I think the bears had no choice, but to commit to Cutler at that time. Well, now I think it's a little bit different situation where there are some options, you know, you got the the rookies, you've got a guy like Romo, you've got, uh, you know, there's a couple other guys out there, but um, the reason I say San Francisco is, is a very good chance is because um, you look at you look at who the head coach is now, and, and all you have to do is look at the last name, and, and there's a history there uh, with with Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, Jay p- played for his father, um, so and, and you know it, it really hurt Jay when they fired Mike Shanahan in Denver. And, and once that happened, you know, Cutler didn't want anything to do with the Broncos anymore. He pretty much cried his way out of Denver. We all know the story. Right. So, you know, now it's kind of like, Oh, I get, you know, I get the opportunity to be, be close to the Shanahan family again. And I'm out West. Why wouldn't he do that? The only reason I would say that he doesn't go to San Fran, if he doesn't get the money he's looking for, that would be the only reason I would see him not becoming a 49er. Quick hits before you get out of here. Adrian Peterson, lots of places that are, you know, buying for his services as well. Where do you think he ends up? Well, the Raiders are a team that's very interested. Um, I think, I think, yeah, they're Oakland Ray. Now imagine him with Derek Carr and Cooper and all those guys. Um, that could be that could be a lethal offense. Watch that, out, AFC, because that, I that think would you be, spend the money, Cuervo. I think you got to do it, especially after the season they had last year and the potential that they had, uh, you know, before they lost their quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they, they, you know, everybody knows they're interested. So, but you never know. I mean, he could wind up staying in Minnesota, just not getting paid what he was getting paid. Um, there's that there's that possibility as well. But AP will be he'll be back somewhere. Yeah, he's he's going to be back somewhere, and there there's a lot of other things that 
that are headed out. So uh, latest rumors, by the way, for Jamal Charles over the Eagles, that sounds like a fit to me. Uh, broke, broken down running backs, they end up in Philly. So it's a fit. Um, it, more than the fact, it's not a good fit. It's just the way it has been fit. Julius Peppers coming back for his 16th year um, as the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know that that's a place for him. But uh, you know, but Peppers, as far as my understanding, is entering the uh, free agent market. He's not going to get a lot of money. Let's be honest. But where do you think he ends up at? Um, it's a good question, Sonny. I, I would, I mean, I would look right to where you're at. As crazy as it sounds. They need a pass rusher. The bear, well, the bears, the, uh, the bears had their time with peppers. Um, but, uh, Dallas, I mean, that's the one thing that people were focusing on is what, what the Cowboys needed was a guy that can get pressure on, on the quarterback and, I know Peppers is a little bit older. I think he's still got some left in the tank. And on top of that, um, they do run the 3-4 down there in Dallas. That's what he's yeah. used to running now. And I think he got – being in Green Bay for so long, he got comfortable playing outside – you know, the outside linebacker position. So I think, I think you know, that could be a good fit. Um, and we all know Jerry Jones isn't afraid to write checks. So um, well, and, and I would look right there thing. where you, you are. Be- he won't be expected to be dropping back in, in pass coverage linebacking. The, he's, he's not going to – they're going to want him for one reason only, and he can get back to what he likes to do. Yeah. Um, I think Buffalo is another possibility. Um, Absolutely. You know, I mean, they're, they, they, they lost Mario Williams, and they really haven't uh, had another pass rusher since he left. And, um, you know, so – I think Buffalo is another team that could possibly uh, grab Peppers up. So, uh, they, I mean, it's it's all about getting Tom Brady, and, and Peppers is pretty good at getting the quarterbacks. Definitely. There are a lot of guys out there that are uh, going to test the free agents. Brandon Marshall, he's going to be on different teams. Someone's going to pick him up. Uh, what do you think about Brandon Marshall? Brandon Marshall. Um, well, I'd love to see him back in Chicago, but I know that's not going to happen. Um, not going to happen. Then, then that they didn't would, kiss and they didn't kiss and say they'll remain friends. Yeah, no, they definitely didn't do that. <laughs> I could see. Uh, uh, Tennessee needs a wide receiver. I mean, he could wind up becoming a Titan. That's I think that's a strong possibility. Um, I think maybe a team. Like, I don't know, maybe, I mean, maybe the Arizona Cardinals look into him. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is is another year older, so I don't know how much, how productive he's going to be going in the next season. I think Arizona could be a team that he's interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, so, and obviously, you know, the 49ers need all the help they can get as just as a franchise as a whole, so that, I'm sure they're going to go after him as well. But um, don't sleep on New England, though, too, Sonny. And I know he's probably anti-Patriot, and and that's what he's saying now. But I have heard and I have read some things that maybe New England might be interested in in grabbing up Brandon Marshall since since the Saints said thanks but no thanks to the trade offer uh, for Brandon Cooks. Uh, Right. You know, the Saints are stopping him, and the uh, Patriots offered their their first-round pick. 
but apparently number 32 overall is not good enough. So the, uh, the Saints rejected that offer. And um, so what that tells you is obviously the Patriots are in the market for a wide receiver. So, um, you know, Marshall to, to Brandon, Brady to Marshall, I mean, that, that could happen. I, I think I don't, I, I, I don't know. And it's more in the fact that, that Brandon Marshall is not a team player. And, and, I, and I, that's not necessarily a cut on the guy. Where That's why he's been no, successful. I know what you're saying. When you are a guy that demands the ball, okay, and you are successful the way Brandon Marshall is, you don't expect a guy like that to go in there in today's game. Now, they were able to convert Randy Moss. So, you know, you know, can they do it again with a Brandon Marshall? I don't well, think so. I think it's a different mindset. Yeah, well, I, and, you know, the thing with Moss, though, too, Sonny, he was willing to play by the rules. I don't know if Marshall's willing to play by the rules. <laughs> that's, that's another thing. So, hey, Mike Lennon is, uh, you know, estimated to make $15 million, Cuervo. Backup quarterback in, in uh, what, Tampa Bay? Yeah, in Tampa Bay, Cuervo, a backup quarterback making $15 million for a football team if someone picks him up. Has someone gone crazy? Yeah, uh, teams with no quarterbacks are going crazy because they're trying to find one. And I don't know if he's if he's uh, in the top 32 in the NFL and if he should be making that much money. I mean, look at what – you look in the past, I mean, teams have tried that before and it just doesn't work. You know, yep. I mean, every, everybody from Matt Castle to Matt Flynn to Brian Hoyer, I mean, it just – it just <laughs> My those, buddy. those are the prime examples of, of guys, yeah, guys that uh, – you know, you think you think you see something there, and it's fool's gold. Mike Glennon is fool's gold, Sonny. If the Bears do it, um, you know. They get what I've they deserve. Hey, listen, I take Matt McGloin out of Oakland before I did that, but I don't think Oakland's going to get rid of McGloin. I think they got their, back, they got their starter and their backup uh, quarterback. Yeah, Connor Cook is a good one, Sonny. I'd rather have him. Hmm. The guy that started for the Raiders in the playoff game. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. Just because of his youth, I think all three of them stay. But I think you know, even though Connor Cook got the opportunity in the playoffs, did he really impress anybody though enough for that, or did he impress enough? For people to think, yeah, this guy's going to be our backup because I, if, if I mean, if you're Tampa, if well. It just all depends. I mean, if you're going to pay 15 million bucks, you might as well pay nine million and get Matt McGloin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather I, go. I mean, for... McGloin's better, right? Am, am I wrong about this? I mean, McGloin's a better a better quarterback. I don't know, Sonny. I haven't seen him play. That's the problem. I mean, no one has. Teams are signing. But... Yes, yeah, teams are teams are signing guys that that really have no experience on the field. They're just they just see a name and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I remember him. Yeah, maybe we should sign him to a big deal. I mean, and it's fool's gold, Sonny. I mean, we've seen it. Like, like I said, you know, you got uh, at least Castle played a season, and uh, yeah, you know, he, you know, it was eleven and five in, in in that season. But guys like Glennon, uh, guys like um, you know Matt Flynn, uh, I mean, they they 
Matt Flynn had one good game, and all of a sudden now he's going to get ten million bucks. I mean that Absolutely. that just goes to show you how desperate how desperate teams are to find a franchise quarterback or a, or a backup. Yeah, and and that, and that that goes to show you that the quarterback, hands down, is the most important position on a football team. Like people are willing to pay way, way more than. Uh, you know, way out of value for certain guys to to ensure that they get that guy. Like it's crazy. It's crazy there's how much a lot quarterbacks of, get thrown Absolutely, there's a lot of it out there, Cuervo. And, and one of the things is that you you take a look at a guy and some backups that that have been talked about getting uh, some money if they ended up doing Tom Savage. Remember he was the backup in Indianapolis, went down to Houston. There's talks that Tom Savage might be able to get some money and so in some, uh, uh, incentive deals, Tom Savage, for God's sake, um, he'll end up being someplace. He is unrestricted free agent. He's restricted at 690,000 for the Texans. So they got, they got backup, uh, quarterback, uh, situation in Houston with Tom Savage, but you know someone might take a jump on him. Sure. I mean, again, I mean, you know, teams that are desperate enough that uh, that think there's something there with a certain guy, you know, they're, you know, it's the one position where, again, teams are willing to overpay by a lot. Yep. By a lot. Just to make sure that they get the guy that they're looking for, and yeah, I don't know. As, if I was a GM, Sonny, I I wouldn't touch. The only guy I might go after is probably uh, I, I, if it's not Romo, um, and if I can't talk New England into trading Jimmy Garoppolo, then I'm looking at the draft. Yeah, I think you know, so. I think you're be right a, because I think the guys that are out there haven't been able to prove themselves up to this point to get that kind of money. I, I agree with you 100%. All right, so, uh, but we're at the top of the hour. You got to bail, right? You got to get back to uh, making a living? Uh, well, it depends, honey. I got a few more minutes to spare. What, what What's next on your agenda? Oh, my goodness. It, it, it's NFL talk. There's so much NFL things going on. I mean, you talk about the free agency and what's going on in free agency, which is always my favorite time because what you're going to do – and by the way, that deal about uh, everything as far as Romo is concerned, all that's going to probably be decided by Thursday or somewhere near Thursday. So that that is going to be – so that's right around the corner. Now, some other guys out there that I find very interesting, Alshon Jeffries, your Chicago Bear guy. I, I'm telling you right now, I think he gets – I think they get him up in New England. Uh, but Eddie Lacy, I can't – I haven't met a Twinkie. I haven't walked fast. Um, he is out there in free agency as well, Quavo. There are a lot of free agency uh, players, uh, guys that we've heard of. Yeah, big, big names. I mean uh, – you know, big time names, guys that uh, you would never think would be available this this early in their careers, or even guys that you thought, well, I, I didn't, you know, I thought they were pretty secure with the team that they're they were on, and you know that's just not the case. I mean, you you look at a guy like Charles, which it's understandable though. I mean, injury after injury, but you know the Bears the Bears not re-signing Alshon doesn't surprise me. Um, right. You know, it, it just 
But I, I'm okay with it. I, you know, you would think, well, you should be upset about it because you're losing one of the better receivers in the league. Well, not really, because you look at you look around the league, um, you look at the past, you know, four Super Bowl winners. Name the best receiver on those Super Bowl winning teams. You know, you got Seattle, you've got New England, and you got Denver, and then you got New England again. So those are the past four. I'm just throwing an example out there. Four out of the Seahawks, uh, Patriots, and Broncos. Who's the best receiver on those three teams? You could argue that eh, Demarius Thomas. Well, Demarius Thomas, his his production has dropped a lot. Big time. So to say that he's an elite receiver in the league, that's not really the case anymore. Um, Maybe you could say Doug Baldwin. Good receiver, nice receiver. Is he a guy that you're paying top ten? You know, is he is he a top ten receiver in the league? No. Is he top fifteen? No. Maybe top twenty, and that's stretching it. So the point I'm making, Sonny, is winning. You don't need a high tier receiver to be a championship team. You got to put the money in the right places. Offensive line, quarterback. And, uh, you know, pass rusher corner. Like, those are the four. Those are the big four, in my opinion, is, is O-line, quarterback, pass rusher, and, and a corner to shut down your best receivers. So, if you have those four things, I think you have a championship contending team. I think I'm right there with you, especially there. And speaking of offensive lineman, Russell Okung, uh, he is out there, former Seattle Seahawk, as well as the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are lo- losing guys right and left. DeMarcus Ware's probably going to come back to Dallas. We're talking about pass rushers. That's the thought that's down here that's being off, uh, a lot of talk. Russell Okung, uh, the guy sometimes has an injury problem, but really for 10 games, I think a Russell Okung, you got to take a look at. But a guy that's out there in a linebacker position, 31 years old in May, uh, Lawrence Timmons. I mean, this is a guy that the Steelers have seen in their uh uniform since 2007 here we are now moving into 2017 slash 18 they've had 10 years with Lawrence Simmons you let him go um yeah yeah I I think it's the right decision I mean he's you know he was a uh he was a first round draft pick uh you know came out of a school that produces great pass rushers in Florida State so that's why the Steelers had the thought of, well, this guy's a, sh- a for sure thing. I mean, that's what Florida State does. They 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 produce pass rushing guys. And but with Timmons though, it, it just it just never worked out, Sonny. And now and I don't even think it's the scheme in Pittsburgh because if you're going to excel anywhere defensively, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't a good fit. It just didn't work out. Uh, I'm surprised that they kept Timmons for as long as they did, to be honest with Me you. Too. I thought they would have gotten rid of him a couple of years ago, but now they make room for, uh, you know, a guy like Shazier, uh, who's established himself in the middle. Um, you know, I think Jarvis Jones is another guy that you have to look into possibly. Big time, Jarvis. Uh, parting, yeah. par- you know, parting ways with. Um, those guys just aren't working out. So look for look for the Steelers to be, 
looking into another pass rusher in this year's draft. Um, you know, I mean, they, they re-signed Antonio Brown. They tagged Le'Veon Bell. So, um, you know, I think offensively they're set. Now they just got to work on getting a pass rusher because James Harrison, even though he's coming back, Sonny, come on, he's what? He's going to be 39. Um, yeah, 39. You know, the guy's an animal. I think he's, he's an animal, but yeah, he's an animal, but I don't think he's a, he's not a 12 sack guy like he once was. So. Yeah, but that tells you something about the Steelers' defense, Cuervo, if they keep bringing him back. I mean, that that just tells you that evidently they don't know how to teach the position. And that's what's scary about the Steelers not being able to teach the position. Cuervo, that big thing when I looked at the Steelers, where you have to bring this guy back. What is going on on the defense that you can't teach someone to fill the role of a James Harrison? Now, granted, the guy's a superstar. I'm not even going to question that. He may be a freak and everything else. He's got his problems. But if you can't replace a, a, a guy like him, that, that to me tells me a lot of things. And more so than Lewis losing to Lawrence Simmons. Lawrence Simmons is 31. Now, he's on the wrong side of 30, but really, I'd rather have a Lawrence Simmons. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Steelers would take Harrison before they took uh, Timmons back, and that's going to be that, – that, that tells you the state of that position on the football team, Cuervo. you got an aging guy that probably should have aged himself out of the NFL two years ago, starting and playing at a high quality, and you can't even keep Lawrence Simmons has been in the league here uh, for now going into his 11th season. You have – this guy's been here, what, 15, 16 years, starting on your defensive side of the ball. There's something wrong with coaching. And obviously Dick LeBeau leaving that team has affected that defense. Oh, big time, Sonny. I mean, you, you talk about the linchpin of that defense. It wasn't even a player. Um, it, yep. it was the, the coordinator there. It was, it was yep. the coach that, that all those guys probably look to as, as, almost, as almost a father figure in, in Dick LeBeau. I mean, just kind of like, how Buddy Ryan with the 85 Bears. I mean, you know, you yes. talk about Buddy Ryan, obviously, you know, obviously now the late Buddy Ryan, but, you know, before he passed, I mean, you know, it was, it his was son, like, his you know, and, ho- only hope they can live up to that legacy. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's kind of like how I, I get the feeling like that's how the Steelers, uh, you know, all these guys that have played defense throughout you know, in the past 30 years, however long he was defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, I'm sure they all look to Coach LeBeau as, as like another, uh, you know, father figure to them. So um, it, it's hard to replace those guys. It's easy to replace certain players. I mean, you know, you think about Troy Palomalu and Joey Porter and, and, and all these other recent Steeler great defensive players, um, what do they all have in common is, you know, they, they all, they all played, you know, a hundred percent every day for Dick LeBeau. And you don't have that now. You don't have it anymore. They haven't had it for a while. And you look at the effects of the defense. It's not, it's not that, that, that scary vaunted you know, defense that offensive coordinators have problems sleeping about. It's, it's, you know, it's it's a they're still good. It's just they're not. They, pe- people aren't afraid of them anymore, Sonny. It's not the, it's not like the steel curtain where you were afraid to play those guys. Um, you were just hoping to make it through the game. It's not like that anymore. 
By the way, big story for since we talked real quick about Buddy Ryan. Rex Ryan was caught wearing a Chargers shirt at the Daytona 500, Cuervo. That's nice. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> ah, oh, that's great. That's great. I don't know. Do you see Rex Ryan as a, as any kind of? I mean, I don't even think that. I think this guy has really worked himself out of even being a coordinator for any team in the NFL. Uh, I don't know. I think I think he still can be a defensive coordinator. I don't think he'll ever get a head coaching job again. But I definitely think he can do the defensive coordinator thing for someone. Um, you know, kind of like kind of like Wade Phillips, you know, he head coached for a while, just didn't quite work out. And, and now, um, you know, he's going back to what he does best. And, and you see the, you see the results. I mean, you know, Denver won a Super Bowl last year with, with uh, Wade or was he, I think he was still in Denver. I can't remember, but Wade when Phillips he was in was Houston, they were the coordinator. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of like how we talked about in the NBA a couple of weeks ago with Phil Jackson. You know, you stick to what what you do best. And what Rex Ryan does best is he coaches defense. Um, head coach, not not a strong suit. But I'll tell you, he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. So I think that's what he needs to stick with. I don't know if I even want to give him the props for that, Cuervo. I really don't. I mean, I think – I think he's had some good years, but I don't know. I'm talking, you know, you're talking about a guy that has got an ego up on top of him. And I'm sorry, I saw him quit on the Jets in week two last season, in his last season. Week two. And, and, and that kind of guy in making that kind of decision. I, and here's the thing. If I think I see it, who else is seeing it, Cuervo? I mean, because I'm sorry, this guy didn't care if he won or lost, and the only one he cared about is when he beat the Patriots. Yeah, and he definitely always, he always had a lot to say when he beat the Patriots. But, you know, then the next time they play, they get they get beat 38-3, to and, and he always sees quiet Rex now. He's quiet, Rex. Like, what happened, Rex? Did uh, somebody duct tape your mouth or what? You have nothing to say now. Yeah, that that whole thing, it, it you know, with Rex Ryan and his, um, I, I don't know if you want to call it his eccentric lifestyle or whatever the case may be, but that that's going to be a problem. Uh, but I, I take a look at, at you know, there's also some situations out there. Brandon Cook is actually, uh, I'm hearing about trade rumors uh, from the Saints uh, to, um, I'm not sure why they would trade Brandon Cook, Cuervo. I, I look at this guy and I, I say, you've got to be able to uh, keep this guy if you're going to be able to keep Drew Brees on your football team. He needs a he needs a weapon. He needs a body. And I think Brandon Cook could be that guy. But l- rumors are out there. Titans and Eagles are uh, two teams that are thinking about going up to grab him up. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it, it, that's kind of surprising to me too, Sonny, that uh, Brandon Cooks is, is on the market uh, to be traded. Um, what that tells me is that there's there's a receiver that they really like. Um 
And I think that receiver could very well be a guy like Mike Williams from Clemson. So I, and yeah. I mean, that I think that's, that is the direction that the saints want to go is they want a bigger possession receiver, kind of like what they had with Marcus Colston. I think they missed that because um, they don't have that type of receiver anymore. Um, I think they want to get back to that type of receiver that can go up, get the ball, um, you know, because Drew Brees, I mean, even 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 at the age that he is, Sonny, he can still sling it. I mean, yeah. you look at the season he had last year, I mean, he still put up some great numbers. So um, he, he hasn't slowed down much. And um, But I think that's what they want to do for Drew is, is get them a big target, a guy that can, that can go up there, kind of like Colston, go up there, get the ball. Um, and Cook's just is not that guy. He's, he's under six foot, so um, you're not gonna you're not gonna ask a guy like that to go up and and get a jump ball with these big DBs that are out there. It's just not gonna work. It doesn't make sense. Geno Smith will he play in 2017? Uh, how do I how do I say this? No, he will not. Someone's going to take a chance on him, Cuervo. They, he may not be a starter, but someone someone's going to say, "How do you give up a, a you know a first rounder?" Even though he wasn't a first rounder, how do you give up a first rounder um, and not take a shot at him? I you know, if someone's going to grab him up, Cuervo. It, 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 there's a there's just something in my bones that tells me he's going to get picked up. I mean, you you may be right, Sonny. I mean, he he might he might get picked up. I I just I don't I don't know. I I mean, he's I don't know. <laughs> he's not good. Hey, I agree with you, Grandma. I don't know how you I don't know how you you tell the GM. I you know if you're a scout saying yeah, Geno Smith might be a guy we want to pick up. That would be a tough sell. I mean, it, there's no question. I, I don't think he's going to be. I, you know, I, it, he's going to be a third round if someone picks him up for a league minimum, and and that's well, and that's going to be really bad. And the, but the funny thing about that is, is when you think about that whole fiasco, what's going on? The Jets have taken four years of Geno Smith. I mean, you're you're locked. You're talking about since 2014 and the crybaby incident that happened, and it just tells you something about the guy. And he's never been able to live it down. He's never been able to live up to the hype that he ended up getting when he was drafted. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, Sonny. Is whatever team he goes to, they might want to check and make sure that nobody owes him any money because if they do owe him money. Um, you know, and, and they decide not to pay him. Somebody's getting a broken jaw. Just, just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah, Arizona Cardinals. Watch it. it you know, yeah, I call it for you. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Um, one more guy, and then I'll let you go, Cuervo. Marcellus Bennett, former Chicago Bear, former this and that, but he is a Super Bowl champion. Rumors are is that he is not going to be back over there because of his contract. Martellus Bennett, where do you think he ends up? Um, I'm hearing that uh, he might be uh, getting passes thrown to him from Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. And I, and I don't think that's the worst uh, place for him. I mean, they lose Colby Fleener last year. He goes to New Orleans. And uh, Dwayne Allen is a guy that's in an, on and off the injury list. So 
I think Martellus Bennett in, in Indianapolis does make sense. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I mean, if the Patriots were smart, let's, let's if we're going to be honest, let's be real honest. I, I think the Patriots are making a mistake letting Martellus Bennett go. I do too, especially especially if you can't keep Rob Gronkowski healthy. Now, granted, you know, let, let's be honest, Martellus Bennett's, uh, you know, receiving abilities compared to Rob Gronkowski is not even close. But I'm going to tell you right now, one of the better tight ends in the league is Martellus Bennett. Yeah, and and he's not too bad at blocking. So um, that that's a valuable trait. Big time um, that you have there. Um, you know, I mean, Bennett's going to get numbers too when he need when you, when you need to get him uh, a catch from him or a first down or even get a score in the red zone. Bennett is a guy that you can rely on. But I think the thing about Bennett too that people overlook is that he's a pretty good blocking tight end too. Um, and that's something that a lot of tight ends either they're not very good at or they're just not willing to do it. And uh, you know, Bennett has no problems being that blue collar that that uh that grinder on the uh, on the line to be a guy to open up a, a a block and open up a hole for the running back so um you know the, the patriots are are you know they're giving up a lot when they tell martellus bennett that he's free to test free agency out um i, I don't know if that's going to work out in the patriots favor sonny but i'm sure teams around the league are okay with that because they, they they don't want to see New England win again. They don't want to see him win. No one wants to see so that. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely I'm sure right. Teams were like, yeah, go ahead, let him go. We have no problem with that. Some interesting names, and then I'll let you go, you know, uh, out there as far as guys that are getting up there. We've talked about Brandon Marshall. He's not the youngest dude in the world. But Deshaun Jackson, he is actually a free agent as well. Uh, he's only 30, and I say only 30. Pierre Garçon, uh, he is also a uh, free agent. He's not your, necessarily your number one wide receiver like he pretty much is if Deshaun Jackson goes away. Um, he turns into the number one. He's definitely the at best the number two. Blunt, also another guy, he he signed for nothing to play for Bill Belichick, so I don't think he goes anywhere. But the interesting name that's out here, Cuervo, Dwight Freeney, defensive end. This is another guy. He's going to be he, – this guy's a future Hall of Famer without question. And he actually played very well in Arizona in 2015 and last year in Atlanta. I mean, I think the guy still has some gas, but the question is who's going to pick up the aging 37-year-old, you know, you know, pass rusher? Uh, that's a tough one, Sonny. I mean, I, I, I don't see why Atlanta doesn't decide to re-sign him, you know? I mean, give him – give him yeah. uh, I don't know how much he's asking for, but um, – yeah, you know, I think I think having a guy like that in case of an injury is, is valuable. So, um, you know, I, we could very well see him back in back in Atlanta and backing up uh, whoever the starter is going to be. I think that yeah, that, because if he sits out most a, of the season, he's fresh. You know, when you need him, like headed into the playoffs, and that's kind of a guy that you not necessarily bad to have. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that that to me that I mean I I don't see how the Falcons haven't you know t- 
talked about bringing him back for one more year, and then maybe from there he retires, and uh, you know we see him six years in the in six years in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, um, I think that the Falcons are smart, Tony. They they try they try to bring him back. Yeah, that's it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. I, I I've always kind of liked him, uh, so we'd be there. So. All right, my friend, uh, we are at the bottom of the hour, and uh, we are ready to kick it off and get on out of here. Anything else you want to cover before we're done? Um, I think we're good, Sonny. I mean, I'm just I'm looking forward to Thursday seeing uh, who are the first free agents that sign with the team. Uh, you mentioned yep. a couple guys, Sean Jackson. I mean, rumors are he wants to go back to Philly. He wants to be an Eagle again. Yep. Um, the like Bears were actually, yep. Yeah, the Bears are actually uh, interested in in Pierre Garcon. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, it's obviously a pretty big downgrade from Alshon Jeffrey, but at least the guy can stay healthy and he's not demanding huge money. So absolutely, I think that's the Bears' thinking is it's it's a it's a guy for half the price, but almost just about the same results. Might as well grab them up, your bet. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch with Tay, the Sports Show. And our normal Sunday show will be back up on Sunday. Um, for that being said, we just rolled it over to Monday because of a uh, business thing. We'll get it all set. And we'll catch you next time here on the Couch with Tay, the Sports Show. Cuervo, you have a good one. Good to hear from you. Likewise, Sonny. It was good to hear from the big dog, too. I'm glad he's doing well. Enjoy your week, and we shall uh, we shall talk again on Sunday. Uh, by then, I'm sure some guys have been signed, and we'll we'll give our opinion. Definitely, we'll do that on Sunday without question. So that's going to do it for Quavo for the Big Dog. This is Sunny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. Everybody have a good Tuesday. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.